be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, We'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today, I'm going to challenge you to make a difference. I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond. For this one hour, spend your time listening, thinking about how this information presented here today applies to you. That's right, you. Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You are the only person you can really change. You are the only person you are responsible for. You are the person that can truly make a difference. Yeah, I know. You're busy. We're all busy. We lead very busy lives, and sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that busy is important. But sometimes busy just means distracted, and that might lead us away from our goals or cause us to lose focus. Are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? What are the choices you make in your world? And how do you touch the lives of the people that you meet? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Let's start this morning by making our own sunshine. What are you grateful for today? Let's look around your world and see the many blessings that enfold you. This morning, I am blessed with a beautiful morning. It is cooler than it's been for a long time. And I had a wonderful morning walk today and really enjoyed the sunshine and the trees and the squirrels as they played. I've had the blessing this weekend to have time away, to slow down and simply take each moment, to travel at leisure, knowing that we had a destination, but we could get there whenever we wanted. I had the opportunity to learn You know that you've heard me talk before about weaving seats and doing chair caning. And I had the blessing of an annual meeting with the Seat Weavers Guild. I'm a new member to that group, 
and I was blessed with many patient instructors who took the time to give me little tips and show me a new form of weaving, and I'm excited to bring that home and work on that. So this morning, not only are we grateful for the blessings in our lives, but this morning we have an incredible guest with us. Our guest is Becky Hawkins, and she is with us today because she's written a beautiful book that I am partway through, I have to tell you, and it is compelling. Becky Hawkins is a natural storyteller and a great listener. She brought those gifts with her as she sat by the bedside of seriously ill or terminally ill patients for more than 30 years as an oncology and hospice nurse. And with her compassion and warmth that encouraged so many of her charges to share their heartfelt thoughts and experiences with her, Becky began her career as a nurse's aide at age 19. And that exposure to the nursing profession inspired her to get a degree in nursing. And although it's unusual for someone so young, she chose to start her career in the oncology unit in a large city hospital. She progressed to outpatient oncology, hospice, and eventually became a hospice chaplain. Upon her retirement in the 1990s, she began to volunteer her services and expertise with hospice patients. She was also instrumental in the transition and care of various family members. To cope with the emotional impact of working with terminally ill patients, Becky began to write about what she was hearing, witnessing, and feeling with her patients, their families, co-workers, and visitors. From there, she started penning a column in a local newspaper entitled Beyond Statistics in 1986, which is now syndicated in six pages regionally. A selection of columns was assembled into the book, Transitions, A Nurse's Education About Life and Death. Good morning, Becky. Welcome Good to Good morning. Thank you. What a great introduction. I enjoyed everything you had to say this morning to your audience. Well, thank you. That's how we usually start our morning so that we're focused on the things that really matter. And, you know, your book um, is just fits in so well with the intent of this program. Tell me, just start me out. Why did you write the book? Well, I wrote the book, just as you were <clears throat> explaining to your audience, to try to, um, again, process all of this um, emotion that I had and all of these feelings that I had over the years with these patients. And I felt like they had blessed me with so much education with about how to live your life through their dying process that more people could appreciate those little bits of wisdom than maybe just my local area. And um, I, I just really enjoyed being able to share that with a broader audience, that mm-hmm. there's so much to be learned when you sit at the bedside with someone that's um, physically uh, acutely ill or uh, terminally ill. Mm-hmm. And you have, um, you have the gift of telling the essential story. I... I am in love with your book. Um, oh, thank you. You have taken the essential story of each of the stories that you chose. You've brought it down to what were the important words. And I just, what a blessing. I, I can't stop on your book. When I get into your book, I just keep turning the pages. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's 1 o'clock in the morning and I should be going to sleep. But no, I'm still turning pages. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's great. I love to hear that. That's what I'm hoping for um, the people that do buy the book is that they can hear my patients' voices, that they mm-hmm. can hear those family members and hear what I was hearing and kind of be able to see. I hope I was hoping to be able to describe the setting enough to where they could be sitting right there with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really think you you've done that very well. You know, some people would... Uh, would question how as a young nurse did you end up in oncology of all places where you could have been a nurse why there I have um, a true compassion um, and a tender heart towards suffering Um, and when I was trying to decide where I was going to land a friend of mine that was in nursing school with me told me about uh, this brand-new oncology ward in this hospital. And I thought, you know, I would really like to try that. And I did fall in love with it. I fell in love with all of these people and um, the experience of getting to be there with them. And, yes, it was hard, and it took me a while to learn how to balance uh, taking care of myself and taking care of them. Mm-hmm. But I just wouldn't trade it for anything, Mary Beth. It, it just has brought me a lifetime of lessons and a lifetime of blessing. Yes, and, you know, and I, I truly see that. It, you know, what a blessing that you were given in making that choice to work oncology and having, you know, even as a very young nurse, having the wisdom to recognize that the stories were what were important. That yes, everybody has a story. And I know that you get that and understand that, that we're just passing through here. And that's what they were teaching me all along. And, I, I, of course, I wasn't uh, wise enough to really grasp it, but at least I was writing it down. Mm-hmm. And I think as I put the book together, I began to um, understand even better as I was rewriting these stories, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, my Look what these people were trying to teach me. Look what these people were trying to say without even um, having that in their forethought. They were just sharing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just worth a fortune to me now, especially, to go back and read. I've got an office full of stories, and so I'm going to write another book, too, because I've got so many. Mm-hmm. And that's just um, something I just... I feel like we all need to pay attention to are these loved ones in our lives that are maybe critically ill or terminally ill and take the time to not be afraid to sit with them Mm -hmm. and to hear what they can share with you about Mm -hmm. how precious and brief this journey is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, uh, you know, as I said, there are are so many stories in there that that I want to talk about because, you know, there's some crucial, crucial lessons in them. Um, We're going to take a short break right now, and when we come back, we're going to get into some of those stories, if that's okay with you. Yes, thank you. Okay. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? 
Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Becky Hawkins. She's the author of the book, Transitions, and Nurse's Education About Life and Death. And Becky, you have some just incredible stories in this book. Um, tell me a favorite story, just anywhere you want to start. I think uh, one of my very favorite stories is whenever I was doing hospice and I was visiting this precious gentleman. He was a little Pentecostal minister that lived um, out, outside of Tulsa. And he was dying, Mary Beth, not from cancer, but from uh, the damage that had been done to his heart and lungs from having treatments years before when they were first beginning to do treatments. Mm-hmm. And so his heart and his lungs were failing. But he... Um, <clears throat> started uh, on that downcline. Uh, I had been visiting with he and his wife for a couple of months, trying to help them understand the process of uh, hospice and the, the dying process, and, and she was terribly frightened um, and didn't do too well with too much information. It would hide in the kitchen most of the time. <laughs> but I got that call one day that he was failing, and she wanted me to hurry over there, and I tried to comfort her and remind her that... Um, she could call her neighbor if she wanted to and that, and that I would be with her as soon as I could and, and try to remember what we had talked about. And when I arrived, he was sitting 
in his little blue recliner, and he was as blue as the recliner was. He Mm. was really short of air. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, he said, Becky, can you get me in my bed? And I said, yes. And I picked the little fella up, and I carried him over to his hospital bed, which was right there by the picture window where he could see his church. And set behind him, I straddled him to hold him up so he could get air better. He -hmm. was losing air fast. And so I was holding him with each one of my hands on each shoulder, and he tapped my fingertips. And he said, Becky, do you see them? And I said, no, tell me what you're seeing. And he said, that room is full of angels. And he called out to his wife. He said, Annie, I have to go now. I love you. I will see you again. And he raised up his hand towards the ceiling. And he said, oh, my Lord, my God. And he fell back against me, and he was gone. I just sat there for, I don't know, several minutes just holding him. Um, in awe of the moment, in awe of that gift of being there when that veil is opened and this person was transitioning, to be there, to me, is like being on holy ground. And Annie came in and wasn't afraid anymore and just stood there with me and just patted his head. To me, that, that was just worth so much to have that honor and that privilege to be there. And I will never forget that as long as I live. I tell people that sometimes I feel like I'm a midwife to Mm -hmm. the other side. Mm -hmm. And that it's just, you know, I don't shove anybody over. I don't force anything. But I want to be with them in the process to go as far as I can go to help them over. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, a beautiful metaphor of, of a, a midwife. Um, you know, we we have assistance coming in, and, and I think it's only fitting that we have assistance on our way out, that those transitions, it's nice to have someone who can facilitate that, who can be simply present to witness it, even if they don't need to do anything. Right. But just to be present. And, uh, you yes. know, as you said, it truly is sacred ground. Yes, And we know, because of what so many of them share with us, there's so many of them that have these pre-death visions, and others that have near-death experiences, maybe uh, months or a year before, some of them, I have those in my book too, and family members that I have that have those. So you feel like, yes, indeed, the people on the other side have come to assist them, and then we are here on this side to, as you say, to be present in the process, mm-hmm. and that makes for a beautiful transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you were impacted, maybe the first time that you heard of a near-death experience. How, how has that changed you? That has changed me dramatically in many ways. Um, I, had, I hadn't heard of that before, and I... I just questioned it. I thought, how does that work? How does that happen? What is going on? And Raymond Moody, thank goodness, you know, put this book together years ago and kind of birthed this out to the world. You know, all of these stories that people had had in their hearts and minds that maybe were afraid to share with others for fear of what they would think of them. Mm-hmm. And more and more people started coming out and talking about them. And you begin to understand so that now, Mary Beth, and our 
generation, more people are willing to share. And it helped me to understand that it is much bigger and (laughs) much wider and broader than our minds can even conceive. And yet it's so uh, precious to me whenever someone shares with me, can I tell you my story? Because I can't Mm -hmm. tell my family, will you hear me? Can you hear what I have to say? Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to die anymore. Because it helped me, it impacted me in that direction. And that is part of the reason I wrote the book. I hope for people to want to live their authentic life, to not be afraid to live their life, and Mm -hmm. not be afraid of that transition at the end, because it is beautiful. You have some beautiful stories in there of um, of AIDS patients before we could talk openly about AIDS. Yes, um, and, and I, especially the the young boy who was worried about what would happen to his family. Yes, um, and they were very they were very open with you and honest about that and. And you have to understand, in this part of the United States, mm-hmm. in the 80s, mm-hmm. people were scared, silly, about the mm-hmm. thought of HIV, of mm-hmm. AIDS. They didn't know what it was. All they knew was um, that they were afraid. Mm-hmm. And so when we would have these patients, especially like this, this young boy, um, he was very smart and very attuned to what was going on around the world. With this, and he would say to us, "Please don't tell anyone. I'm afraid they'll burn my mother's house down. I'm afraid that they will torture her because they will think that she too has AIDS for some reason. Please, mm-hmm. please, let's keep it a secret." Mm-hmm. And he he got it from a transfusion. He got it before yes. we understood how it was transmitted, and yes. before we knew how to screen blood products. Um, and you know, and I, I think if I remember, he was, he was young. He was, yes, he was only about 11 years old. Yeah. Wow. What, what incredible awareness at such a young age to be fearful for his family. Yes, he was. He was not only concerned for himself and he, he had a pretty good, um, grasp on reality of what was going to take place. But he tried to stay as much as he could in a young boy's mind and play mm-hmm. games and watch cartoons and enjoy his toys and bless his dear sweetheart. He would stay and I would be there infusing him with this, some medication and he would be there in the living room with me so he could watch his cartoons and his mother would be doing laundry or washing dishes or something and he would say, Mama, Mama, Mama. And she would come in there and she'd say, Yes, son, what is it? I just wanted to see you. I just wanted I just wanted to know if you knew where I was. And mm-hmm. she would go back to work. And in a few more minutes he would do it again. And I asked her at one point, I said, Does that make you crazy, him calling your name out like that all the time? She said, Oh no. She stopped what she was doing and she said looked at me and she said, Oh no. Because you see that's the sweetest voice that I've ever heard. And it will stay with me for a long time. And when it is silenced, I will miss it. And you so stayed was, in 
in your book that you went home and told all your friends, pay attention, be appreciative. Mm -hmm. Yes, be appreciative of your children. You know, tape those little colored pictures that they bring home from school and pin them up and put them up and, and brag on them and love them and spend time with them because at that age, and I was guilty too, of just working, working, working and then trying to keep everything else done, we sometimes forget how much we need to interact with these children and be present to them and answer their questions and read them stories and play outside with them and do the things that makes memories forever. Those memories are woven into the DNAs of our souls, and that's what we take with us. We don't mm-hmm. take anything physical, mm-hmm. but what we take with us is how we treat each other and how we love each other. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And, and the connection we have to each other. Yes. Even, even briefly. Even yes. fleetingly. Yes. Yeah. I, um, over the weekend, we were weaving, and... I had a, a young child who began talking with me about the chairs that she was seeing. We had demonstrations and display chairs, and, and we had chairs that needed repair. And she took me over to one, and she pointed out that it was broken. And I said, well, yes, that's why it's here. You know, we have to, we have to fix this chair. And we talked about the chair, and we talked about how we would fix it. Now, she was only about four. And her brother came up. I'm having a conversation with her brother. And all of a sudden, I became aware that she's she was a little further away from me. And she's saying, lady, lady, lady. <laughs> and, you know, and it finally broke through it in, into my consciousness. And I said, yes, dear, what is it? And she pointed at a chair. She said, I could fall through this chair. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was just it was such a simple interaction. It was something that was important to her at that moment. And, and I was struck by... You know, how children kind of bring us back to the essentials. You know, just notice me. (laughs) Yes, yes, hear me. Yes, hear me. Pay attention, I am speaking. (laughs) 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 But it is that attention that is so critical. And I think that's what you highlight over and over again in the stories in your book, is it's the attention. It's the being present with that yes. is crucial. Yes, they need to know that they matter. Mm-hmm. They need to know that somebody sees them and that somebody hears them. Now, mm-hmm. some people are blessed to have known that from the day they arrived and are mm-hmm. surrounded with people in families or in marriage, extended families, friends, whatever, that have helped them to know that. But a majority of people have not had that. And mm-hmm. especially as they are looking at the transition ahead of them, they're wanting to know, did my life matter? Do I still matter? Can you Mm -hmm. see me? Can you hear me? Just like that child. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Well, Becky, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll go on with this topic. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, 
Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. Ooh, Jenny, did you hear? That Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T. Rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Becky Hawkins. She is the author of Transitions, a nurse's education about life and death, um, a new book that she's written that gives us little tiny vignettes into the, the transition of terminally ill people, chronically ill people. Um, and Becky, you know, we've just... You've just shared some incredibly powerful stories, and and I'm sure that stories that brought tears to the eyes of, of our listeners. And yet, one of the things that struck me in your book is it's not all depressing. I mean, you know, we just, yes, these were very powerful stories, and there's grief, but there's not just grief in working with the dying. That's right, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, because a lot of people are afraid sometimes to buy a book that's talking about uh, being with someone that's dying because they're afraid of their own emotions and how that's going to make them feel, and they're not ready to talk about it yet. But in my book, there's also examples of humor, um, and there's examples of insight. There's examples of people's storytelling. I I just spent time with a patient uh, who was also a very good friend of mine, um, who was passing. I've been with his family for years, goes back to my mother and their mother uh, being friends years ago in school. 
And this lady, um, just a few years older than me, not much older than me, was passing. So I was with them in this process uh, of her last few days and hours. And in the room, we had children, grandchildren, siblings, uh, friends. Um, you know, her mother was there. Everybody wandering in and out and doing the storytelling. The wonder, I, I felt so honored to be present to that because there was a lot of laughter with the siblings uh, remembering. And she was aware of that because hearing is the last sense to go. Mm-hmm. And people still hear, even if they're in a coma, even if they're not responding at all, they can still hear. So I love that. One daughter was singing some of her favorite songs. You know, one granddaughter was laying across the end of the hospital bed just so that she could stroke her feet and visit with her. You know, her mother came over and patted on her and loved on her. And they they just made it the most pleasant, I think, of transitioning experiences that a person could know. It's having mm-hmm. your being surrounded by all of these people and sharing, you know, how much they loved her. Thank you so much for what you did for me when I was a little girl. I remember when you did this, or I remember when you did that, or with her mother, you know, saying, let me tell you how precious you are to me, and let me share and remind you and and have the others remember some of the fun things that you did. And we're so proud of you because of what you've done in this community. So, yes, there's there's many emotions uh, and many, many different stories with those emotions. You know, that's a, a really beautiful story because it it kind of places the memories where I've always thought they should be. I always thought it was such um, such a tragedy that we recited those stories after the person was gone, but we yes. didn't tell them before. Yes. And, and I had a friend also... Just, it's just been a little over a year ago, um, and her doctor told her she didn't have long, maybe just days, and she decided to go home. She told her husband, she said, I'm not staying in this hospital bed. I want to go home. And she opened up her home. She had her husband and her children open up her home to all of her friends and family and anybody in the community that, that wanted to come visit. She said, I'm not having a funeral. This is my time. Come see me now. Come mm-hmm. tell me now what you want to tell me about maybe when we were in high school. Let's share these memories now, and let my children hear these stories now. And she had her bed in the living room. Her dog was on the bed. A favorite quilt was on the bed. Um, There were people that were coming from church. There were people that were coming, um, the the children, the grandchildren, the friends of these these children, um, people that she had known um, in school, people that she had known in in their business that would come by and, and maybe just stay for three or four minutes or maybe stay half a day, just depending on how she was doing, mm-hmm. and bless this entire family with uh, what this woman meant to them and blessed her as well. Yes, yes. How beautiful. It was. It was, and, and there were people that were afraid. There were people that would call me and say, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? And I said, just say what you would say to her if you were going over there to have a cup of coffee with her. Well, I went out to get the paper today, and my dog is doing this, and you're, how is your dog doing? And then let her take the lead. And if she wants to take that 
that conversation uh, on a different avenue than just follow her. Listen mm-hmm. to her. And that's really great instruction because I, I think many people feel awkward about what do you say to someone who you know is dying. You right. Know, it's because like the elephant in the room. Do we talk about it or not? <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's what I share with people. Let the family and the patient guide you. Some people do not want to talk about the elephant. They want to talk about, how's your granddaughter doing? They, they, want, to, they want to think of anything else but the elephant for a few minutes. And so I go with that. Then there are those that want to cut right to it. You know, I'm dying, and I just want to share with you um, mm-hmm. that I appreciate the relationship that we've had. And I hope that if I've ever offended you, that you will forgive me now. I mean, some of them will just cut right to it. Mm-hmm. And others, when people are walking in, because, you know, we don't have a cure-all for this process. What we bring to it is our presence, like you mentioned a while ago. Bring our presence. We don't have to have all the answers in the world, but we show up. Show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And touch. You have a story in there, and, and the man said that people were afraid to touch him. Like they could catch cancer like it was infectious. Yes, yes. He was so appreciative whenever I would pat him on the hand or, uh, you know, pat him on the shoulder. And I'm a big hugger, so whenever I feel like it's okay with the person for me to hug them, then I'm doing that too. Mm -hmm. And he said, Becky, you have no idea what this means to me. I don't remember the last time since I've been in the hospital that anyone felt secure enough to touch me. Mm-hmm. He said, it, it just means so much to me. And that mm-hmm. really got me. That I thought, oh my, the power of a smile, the power of a tender touch, mm-hmm. the power of being present. And these are lessons not just about dying. Right. These, exactly. these are lessons about our everyday life. Yes. There are people in desperate situations with broken hearts and broken spirits in your grocery store. And you have no idea what you can bring to them. You know, when we're sensitive to, I think, how our angels and our spirit, spiritual guides, our, our, everybody that's there with us from the other side trying to help us, pay attention because often we will be guided to smile at somebody that you don't know. And it can bring them a tiny ray of hope that will spark maybe within them the desire to take a deeper breath and move their thinking, change their thinking for even just a few moments. Mm-hmm. You know, to any kind gesture that we can do for anyone. Because at the end of the day, Mary Beth, when it's all said and done, it's not about what we have, what we own, how many degrees we have, who we know, but it's about how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. You have a great story in there that was called The Landscape. Could you share that one, please? Yes. This story, um, I was uh, giving chemotherapy to this, this precious man. Um, he <clears throat> was now um, in a position where he was not, not doing real well, but still wanting to take his chemo. He was very thin. And he would bring us um, maybe fruit from the garden, uh, vegetables from the garden. And he would chat with me as I was getting everything put together. And, and one day he was 
sitting there watching me get the supplies lined out, and he said, Becky, you know what? The landscape's different now. And I said, what landscape? And he said, at home. Uh, he said, you know, before I started all this radiation and chemo and the lab work and the bone marrow test and the scans, I went for walks um, on the shoreline of the lake where we live. And I was thinking about the stock market and on the international trade and politics and commodities and annuities and how many miles I could walk before I went into the office. And I was always trying to control my son's future from our home to his dorm room. And I said, oh, well, tell me how it's different. He said, you know what? I can see the sunlight glistening on that water like crystal beads. And I can see those Canadian geese. And I think that they may even be thinking about staying here instead of flying south. And then, Becky, he said... My sense of smell picks up the mixture of the, the decaying leaves that I'm sitting close to or last night's rain, the years of the pine needles and the wildflowers that are underneath my feet, along with those rotting wood pieces and old oaks that have recycled themselves back into the earth. And he said, you know, I sat on a log yesterday and I watched the worms and the roly-polies and the ants and I could hear bees and flies. And then I caught the sunlight through the trees, throwing a dragonfly's iridescent color scheme my way. And you know, I'm young, and I look at him and I said, cool. (laughs) And he said, I'm not trying to beat myself up too much about thinking, you know, that I was really in control of everything in my life. He said, but that's what I was thinking. And he said, you know, that's a joke. He said, I would really never in a million years have chose cancer. But you know what? He said, it's a threshold that's given me a fuller relationship with my son and my wife that perhaps I'd have never gained otherwise. Mm-hmm. And he said, see you next month. Mm-hmm. I, that, that yeah, is you just, so you just come away with that. You know, you have to, it takes you a few minutes to get your supplies put up because immediately you start applying it to yourself. Right. Am I paying attention? Right, right. Well, that's that's a great place for us to take a break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. I just got AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network, and let me tell you, it's crazy fast. Like living in the future fast. My roommates can't keep up. 
Oh, Jenny, did you hear that Barbara has an extra ticket to the concert? Lisa, that's so 42 seconds ago. I already downloaded it from the link she sent me. Oh, great. Lisa will forget about that ticket soon. See, about 52 seconds ago, her boyfriend changed his relationship status to single. She doesn't know that yet, but she will in three, two, one. AT&T, rethink possible. Get it fast with AT&T, the nation's largest 4G network. Introducing the new Samsung Galaxy Note. It's a phone, it's a tablet, it's both, and it's only from AT&T. Limited 4G LTE availability in select markets. Learn more at att.com slash network. New two-year voice agreement with qualifying monthly data plan required. Other charges and restrictions apply. For more details, visit att.com slash note. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters. Thank you for joining me this morning. Our guest has been Becky Hawkins, the author of Transitions, a nurse's education about life and death. And Becky, before we go any further, tell us how to find your book. If, if our Thank listeners are, are compelled to buy it, and which we know they will be from these stories, how do they find it? Thank you, Mary Beth. My book is on my website, ladyhawkpublishing.com. And I have available on that website the uh, e-version as well for people that have Nooks, iPads, Kindles, whatever. And then uh, barnesandnoble.com has my paperback and amazon.com has my paperback. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, you offered me that electronic version and I am so glad that you also were kind enough to share your actual paperback book with me because I like the feel of paper and I... <laughs> I am much better at reading it if it's a book. <laughs> Me too. I'm I'm uh, not there yet with all the technology uh, that's out there, but um, everybody keeps telling me that there's so many people that do. So I tried to provide both on my website, and um, but I'm like you. I like holding a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm going to kind of step back in, into something that you said. Early on in the program, you you talked about how you had to find balance, and um, and and we know that you wrote as as one way to kind of gain perspective. But how else did you learn to take care of yourselves? And 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 maybe you learned because of your patients too. Yes, I learned that I could be a better nurse if I took better care of me. That I could give more to them and to my family if I gave to myself, and that's a process too. But it's very, very important that we do remember that we have to honor who we are and where we are so that we can be what we need to be for others. And I found that exercise for me is very important. I walk an hour every day, every Mm -hmm. morning. And whatever works for people, whether it's yoga, swimming, bicycling, whatever, get exercise. Also, meditation Prayer, meditation, reading um, from um, sacred scriptures, uh, sacred writings is good for me. 
to get a bigger focus on the big picture of what all's going on, that it's not just all about me and my work and my family, but it's a, it's, it's a much bigger process out there and that's going on because that helps me to um, get a clearer uh, point of view about, about the big picture and to realize that there's so much more than, than just showing up at work or there's just so much more than just going to the grocery store. It's good to do things that we like to do, like your weaving. I think that is awesome. Uh, some people prefer gardening. Some people uh, are very good at uh, being a gourmet cook. Whatever brings you happiness and makes you feel complete, you know, whether it's pottery or whatever, you know, use your talents, use your gifts but also honor this precious, beautiful um, body that you have and take care of it, your vehicle that's here, your clay vessel, whatever you want to call it, because dwelling within that is your beautiful soul, your spirit, the real you. And, mm-hmm. and that spirit is longing for you to take very good care of yourself. We're much more in tune to what's really going on when we are balanced and we are understanding and thankful and grateful to to, be, to the, have this opportunity to be here, because it's very brief. My grandfather told me that all the time. Becky, if you live to be 110, it goes by fast. Figure out what you want to do and get it done. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that philosophy. That's great, you know, because it is so fast. You know, one of my, my clients came in yesterday, and she said, do you know it's August already? How did that happen? <laughs> And I, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I, I thought that same thing. <laughs> it's August. How did we get here? Because <laughs> it does go by so quickly, and we get caught up sometimes in, in little things that don't matter. We're just getting them done. You know, we're doing the dishes, and <laughs> and you yeah. know, I suppose it's important to clean the house once in a while, but it shouldn't be your life's work. <laughs> right, right, and, and I'm certainly <laughs> a lot think along that line. I um. I think there's also a blessing in doing the mundane thing sometimes whenever we look at it and understand it, like a monk's gardening, whenever you see them and you know they're in uh, doing mindful gardening. And sometimes yes. I try to bring that to myself whenever I am ironing a few things or if I am doing dishes the old-fashioned way, you know, mm-hmm. to be present to uh, the gift of, thank you, Lord, I've got these dishes, I'm thankful that I'm able to get up every morning. I'm thankful that I've got the water. So to bring into a process of some of that mundane stuff uh, into a new mindful mindfulness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that position of gratitude. Yes. Every, yes. In, in every little detail of whatever that activity is that we are grateful and we place our heart in that position of gratitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Patients will tell you that, too. They'll remind you, you know, you are you complaining about having to get up and come to work this morning? Because I'm still waiting on someone to get me up. Yes, yes. How beautiful. Well, Becky, this, this has been just an incredible morning with you. Um, and, you know, I, I want to just say again how compelling your book is that once you begin reading the stories you just want to keep going and you just want to keep going and you know your your stories are short they're 
they're just the essential story of that patient. You didn't, you didn't go, you know, you didn't take us into tons of detail with any one story. You told us just the essentials. You put us in, in the place that that person was, and then we could hear them speaking as if we were sitting there with you. Thank you. What an, what an incredible gift you have for storytelling and for transmitting that wisdom. Now, I heard you say you have more stories, so is there another book coming? Yes, book number two is going to be coming. I'm, I'm going to go back to Sedona. I wrote my book in Sedona last year in five days, a writer's retreat. It was called The Tom Bird Method, and I thought, oh, boy, how can you do that? Well, we did. There were 30 of us there, and I'm going to go back and do book number two and uh, um, share more stories of these people, these precious patients, and what they can give us to use in living our lives as we know we might be approaching death someday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I love uh, more than once your um, you have in the in the story that a patient said we're all terminal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and oh, I had the cutest little Jewish guy one time. He was he was in hospice and uh, he didn't have long to live, but he was so smart and he was always sharing little tidbits of something. And he told me one day, he said, Becky, you know, if I'm just going to be thinking about when I'm going to die, when am I going to die, when am I going to die? He goes, you know, I'm not living my day. <laughs> I said, well, that's really good. That's a good thought for all of us to have. You know, you can't dwell on, on, on I'm going to die someday. i got to dwell on, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I just I want to thank you for the blessing that you are to this world, both in the work that you have done with um, dying patients, but also in sharing these stories. Um, so so critical to share this information uh, to our listeners, to the readers of your book. Uh, just um, what a blessing! What a what a gift to give to so many people to help us stay focused on the things that are really important. Thank you so so much. Once again, Becky, where do we find your book? www.ladyhawkpublishing.com, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. Okay. And for our listeners, that website is also listed on my website um, under the Voice America page. So thank you so much. Now for our listeners, Take this information, make use of it. How will you change yourself and how will you be present to the people around you? Go out there today and make it a great day. You deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.